Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Joshua today. Um, We we are going to combine yesterday's study and today's study into one study. We'll be putting in at uh, chapter 15, and we're just going to be hitting the high points um, through chapter 20. Um, That's what McGee did, and that's what we'll do also. And... As McGee says, some of these chapters are kind of boring because they're just listing the allotment of land to the various tribes and different peoples and different cities. The allotment of land in the promised land. And it shows you that God is all about the details. Um, God uh, knows the details here of what everyone uh, needs to get. But he's about the details in telling us that he's about the details of our life and that, um, you know, he knows what we deserve. He knows what he's promised. And um, same with these people. And we just got through seeing Caleb, you know, asking for a plot of land, but, you know, And as we mentioned yesterday, he asked for a plot out on the front line. He asked to say, you know, hey, at 85 years old, I'm still as strong today as I was in the in the day of Moses. And I've been doing this 45 years. I was 40 years old when I started. We said a lot about Caleb yesterday. We won't backtrack on a lot of it, but. You know, Caleb could have said, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm old enough, I'm ready to retire. But he didn't. He said, I, I'm still valuable. I'm still relevant. And um, I want to be a part of, of serving God and helping you, this new generation, in any way I can. And through my time here, I wholly followed the Lord, my God. He served God with a whole heart. And um, so the Lord 
will be with me. He says, you know, he's looking forward. He has a hope, a forward-looking hope. So this is where, and this is what is in Caleb's heart. So the allotment of the people uh, came about towards uh, casting lots so there wouldn't be any pressure on the on the leaders to give out favorable you know um, plots but people are now expected to possess the promise that God gives and we are today too God has given us a promise but we just don't sit there on our couches we have to cross the Jordan to get it we have to cross over the threshold in faith to take possession of God's spiritual blessings. And we said also that God gave them originally about 300,000 acres, um, but they only ever took possession of about 30,000, about 10% of what God promised. And we today, McGee made the point that we today, Christians today, never really take possession of all the spiritual blessings that God is giving us. If we would just get our own selves out of the way, get our own um, agendas out of the way, and let go of ourselves and give our whole hearts to God, oh, how God could work in us even more than He does. Verse 20 here in in, uh, chapter uh, 15, this is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Judah according to their clans. So they just list a lot of clans, and they mention the tribe of Judah. Um, We'll come to chapter 16. The allotment of the people of Joseph went from the Jordan by Jericho. Talks about that. Verse 4 The people of Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim received their inheritance. So again, God is divvying out the promised land to people. We come to chapter 17, and um, McGee drops down to verse 14. The people of Joseph spoke out to Joshua, saying, why have you why have you given me but one lot and one portion as an inheritance, although I am a numerous people since all along the Lord has blessed me? Now we get people complaining. They don't like what they get. Don't you see little kids? And there's a saying that parents have, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Well, you get an example of that. Verse 15, And Joshua said to them, If you are a numerous people, go up by yourselves to the forest, and there clear ground for yourselves in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephim, since the hill country of Ephraim is too narrow for you. Verse 16, The people of Joseph said, The hill country is not enough for us. Yet all the Canaanites who dwell in the plain have chariots of iron, both those in Bethsheen and its villages and those in the valley of Jezreel. Then Joseph said to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, You are a numerous people and have great power. You shall not have one allotment only, but the hill country shall be yours. For though it is a forest, you shall clear it and possess it. 
to its farthest borders, for you shall drive out the Canaanites, although they have chariots of iron, and though they are strong. Whoa, now what's this? People are complaining, you haven't given me enough. And Joshua says, hey, you know what? You're right. Go get it. Go possess this land. And uh, go clear it out. So he's, McGee made the point that, you know, we got a lot of people today complaining about stuff. And they're not getting more recognition. They're not getting more spiritual blessings. And again, a great example is, you're right. You do deserve it. Go get it. And sometimes when we complain today, we're sort of saying to one another, hey, you know what? I don't have enough. And we ought to be saying to ourselves and one another, you're right. There's so many spiritual blessings we haven't claimed yet. Go get it. We come to chapter 18, then the whole congregation of the people of Israel assembled at Shiloh and set up a tent of meeting there. The land lay subdued before them. Verse 2, there remained among the people of Israel seven tribes whose inheritance who had not yet been apportioned. So Joshua said to the people of Israel, how long will you put off going to take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you. So there were people there who weren't really going to get their land. Another lesson for us today. Are we sitting around not even trying to take possession of God's spiritual blessings for us? God's telling us we need to go and get it. Don't just sit around and let these blessings for us lay unclaimed. We come to chapter 19, verse 1. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of the people of Simeon, according to their clans, and their inheritance was in the midst of the inheritance of the people of Judah. And we'll drop on down to verse 49. When they had finished distributing the several territories of the land as inheritances, the people of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua, son of Nun. By command of the Lord, they gave uh, him the city he asked, which was Timoth Sarah in the hill country of Ephraim, and he rebuilt the city and settled it. Now, McGee makes the point that this city is out in a barren land. And it's Joshua kind of gets the leftovers. He gets his inheritance only after all the others have received theirs. Now, my study Bible points out it speaks well of him as a leader. But it also says that his city is away from the major power centers may contain a hint that his most active leadership years are drawing to a close. It may be the point where McGee makes the point that it's like Abraham and Lot, you know, when when they had uh, defeated the armies before them. Abraham says to Lot, "You pick you pick which country side you like, and I'll take what you don't pick." 
Of course, Lot picks the best land. His very life depends on Abraham. But he picks the best land for himself. And that's almost a little bit like the people. They're very content to take the best land and let Joshua have the worst land. And Joshua is very content to take it. Very much like Abraham. The people are very much like, we'll give him the worst land. We'll take the best land. Shows us a lot about Joshua's character, very much like Abraham. And it shows the character of the people there. And I wonder, you begin to get the, the, um, a glimpse into the fact why these people could not hold on to their own lands and the choicest lands. Why? Because they don't have the faith to do it. We come to chapter 20. Then, verse 1, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Say to the people of Israel, Appoint the cities of refuge, which I spoke to you through Moses, that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge from the avenger of blood. Dropping down to verse 9. These were the cities designated for all the people of Israel and for the stranger sojourning among them that anyone who killed a person without intent could flee there so that he might not die by the hand of the avenger of blood till he stood before the congregation. So what what are we seeing here? McGee says, God knows human nature, and God knows people are going to kill other people. Now, it could be by accident, like manslaughter. It could be an accident, or it could be premeditated murder, whatever you want to call it. But when someone kills someone else, the family member of the dead person you know, has this responsibility to try to protect the, fa- the, the dead man's family and possessions. And many times, God knows human nature. People don't forgive. And um, they can't work out their differences. They have to go before a court. And so these cities of refuge give the condemned person a place where the avenger can't go and kill them. It lets them stay until they are tried. They go before some um, judge before the congregation to settle the differences. So these cities of refuge sort of have a, a parallel metaphor to Jesus Christ is a city of refuge. Who's guilty of manslaughter? We all are. Paul makes the point that all the Jews and the Gentiles are condemned because of sin. And we all are guilty because of our sin for the death of Christ. Now, he dies on a Roman cross. The Jews condemned him. It's not just the Jews 
that you blame or the Gentiles. It's everybody. Christ had to die. He chose to die to save us. But we are the cause of his death. So, shouldn't we run to a refuge also before we're condemned or avenged? What's our refuge is Christ. Christ is our sacrifice our refuge, and Christ is our judge. But we can take refuge in Christ before the judgment. When the judge judges, he'll say, you have refuge in me, so you may live, because I'm the one who saved you. Those who do not take refuge in Christ, Christ will say, you did not take refuge in me. I know your heart. Fools are the ones who don't take refuge from the avenger of blood. Only a fool would not take refuge. So that is our study this morning. Powerful um, examples of lessons that we should learn and apply to ourselves, our lives. Take our spiritual possessions that God gives and take refuge in Him. So we'll stop here and um, we'll continue to keep sweet Emma in our prayers. God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And remember, the biggest enemy you face is yourself. Let us all keep these lessons alive in our hearts. We'll see you next time here tomorrow. God bless you all again.